This is the Ultrasounds Show and my name is E-Love. And you're listening to WMNF Tampa Community Conscious Radio. This show is called Ultrasounds. And we have special guest, Dion Mandel from uh, California. I'm so excited about this. She is of American French descent, an internationally known author, recording artist with Sounds True, and she's a Tibetan bowl practitioner and educator. She's the only state certified practitioner instructor in California. And Dion has given over 250 educational concerts and programs all over the world. She's been a frequent guest presenter at the Museum of Making Music, the California State University, San Marco, the Golden Door, and the Deepak Chopra Center, Rancho La Puerta, and KPBS. She's a featured expert also in the upcoming uh, video series, Dow Living in Balance, along with healers such as Wayne Dwyer and John Gray, an author of the book Ancient Sounds for a New Age. It's an introduction to Himalayan sacred sound instruments. And Diane maintains a private sound healing practice in California, where she owns and operates the Tibetan Ball Sound Healing School. And she was part of an integrative therapy team at San Diego Center for Cancer and developed a successful sound healing program for incarcerated veterans with PTSD. Welcome, sweetheart. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you on. (laughs) (laughs) You have so much wisdom to share with us. And I wanted to begin initially with asking you about your journey into sound because originally you were a polarity practitioner and a life coach. So how did your journey with sound begin? It began with a trade. I was at a, um, a whole health, you know, whole health weekend uh, conference, and I had a little table, and I was doing um, some publicity and talk, some talks about polarity and coaching. And the person that was next to me had all these beautiful bowls and Buddhist statues. And um, I didn't know anything about that, and he didn't know anything about what I was doing. <laughs> and so we decided to trade sessions. And uh, when I heard the bowls, it literally blew my mind, which is actually what they're supposed to do. And uh, during the session, I saw above me this great blue Buddha. But I didn't know anything about a blue Buddha. I thought, and when I came out of the session, I thought I said, "Wow, I had this beautiful Buddha above me, but maybe it was sick because he was all blue." <laughs> and he laughed and laughed because the blue Buddha is the medicine Buddha. Yes. So it's a it was a very propitious sign uh, that I needed to study and learn this modality. So you fell in love with it as well as having this spiritual experience both at once. Right. How amazing is that? <laughs> it's pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> so working with people and sound, what are some of the fundamentals of sound healing? Let's go there first. Well, um, you know, there, there are many different forms of sound healing, and what I do is Tibetan bowl sound healing, and that is based on Uh, foundational principles of Tibetan Buddhism. Um, One of them is the interrelationship of all things, and that's really a a, a very, very important one, and compassion. 
Um, and so these are instruments that uh, they're said to uh, work, uh, be an instrument of compassion because what they do is they really help people to shift their own uh, belief systems and perceptions, widen the perceptions that they have in the world. And uh, when we work with uh, the bowls, we are very different than uh, Western medicine. We are working with the whole person. So any, even any uh, physical manifestation, a condition or a disease, is seen as a result of um, emotional and spiritual and uh, psychological, uh, the whole, the whole person, all the different elements that combine to create a situation, a condition, uh, and something like that. So we're working with uh, a whole range of different textures and elements. And the other thing is that in in this form of healing, we don't push anything away. If there's discomfort, if there's a, if there's a, um, if there's a, what we would see as being negative situation, rather than push it away or cut it out, as is more uh, of a Western tradition, we use the instruments to awaken those parts of the person that are dormant so that it brings more of a sense of wholeness and 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 welcoming and embracing of the entirety of that person and um so it sort of awakens within the condition those things that need to be awakened in order for a wholeness to happen it's the very thing that most people are avoiding <laughs> Exactly. It's exactly the opposite of avoiding. <laughs> yes. And it's interesting because once that comes up, if it's buried so deeply and it hasn't been allowed to express or be loved, once it comes up, it has the opportunity for all of that. Plus, it has the opportunity to transpire into something else positive. Absolutely. And that, and, and in, and that takes... Uh, a shift of perception and perspective. It, it takes the ability to see, first of all, to see oneself not as the victim of, but as a witness, and then to, to be able to see just from a very larger place in, uh, in life of what is going on and why it's happening. Now, you use different instruments along with the singing bowls. Can you speak a little bit about those? Yeah. Um, there's a whole family of sacred sound instruments. Most people just think of the bowls, and it's really a lot more than that. So there's um, a little instrument called a tingsha, and a tingsha is, looks like little flying saucers, and a lot of people have experienced tingshas in yoga studios. They... Um, oftentimes yoga teachers will use them to, uh, you know, at the, the end of the, of the class uh, during Shavasana to wake the group up. And it's, so that's one of the, the instruments. And, in fact, it is an instrument of awakening, and it is an instrument that awakens the dormant energies within uh, all of us. It's also an instrument that's used in uh, clearing 
space clearing, and it's also an instrument during the course of a uh, sound healing session that's used to um, diagnose what's going on. So it's a diagnostic tool as well as being a tool of awakening. And then there's uh, two other instruments besides the bowls that I use, and they're called the Ganta and the Dorje, or the Vashra. And the Ganta is a simply a bell, um, and they're different size bells, and it represents the divine feminine. And um, there are different ways of playing this bell to move energy, just as you would move a box in a room by pushing it or lifting it or pulling it or kicking it. <laughs> there are all different ways to move energy, and the ganta, this bell, has, depending on how one plays it, has a lot of different textures of tone. Uh, so one of those textures is used to break up energy. One is used to be more soothing um, and things like that. And this ganta is a symbol of the divine feminine. And its counterpart uh, that symbolizes the masculine is called a dorje or a vajra. And it looks like a little scepter. It has two sides that come together in a, uh, in a sphere representing the uh, duality coming together in non-duality in the sense of oneness. And this is not an instrument of sound. It's an instrument of intention. So you use it uh, with intention to, to complement the movement that the, uh, that the ganta is doing. And, and you do that by placing it either horizontally or vertically on the body or moving energy out of the body or um, moving it. Maybe if you put it horizontally over the chest, it would be balancing the two sides of the body. So those are the instruments that I use. I also use other instruments. I use tuning forks, and I use um, and I use things like crystal pyramids that make really beautiful, expansive sounds. But those are not necessarily Tibetan instruments, but they are instruments of sound that are used in a healing session. Is the Vajra considered the male counterpart? Yes, it is. Okay, so you have the male and the female in balance. Yes. It's so beautiful yeah. how all of this is coming together. When you're speaking about the singing bowls, is there something in particular that is very special about certain bowls? Yeah, you know, each bowl, there are, different, there are many different types of bowls, and the only bowls that I use are ancient bowls. And when I say ancient, I mean the probably the youngest of the bowls that I use is about 125 years old. Um, and they go back to, you know, they go back to even, you know, centuries. Um, and I use these bowls because they were made in a very certain, very ritualistic manner. And when the metals were collected by the metallurgists in the Himalayas, brought back to the um, monastic communities to be melted and smelted and pounded into shape and sound, the monks would recite blessings and mantras into them, and that's part of their inheritance. That is of the old bowls. The new bowls are usually made on lathes, or even if they're handmade, they're really made more for commerce. 
And so I really like this inheritance and the sacred rituals that the old bowls come with. They're different shapes. They're different sounds. Uh, some of them are made to... Um, some of them are more useful for the aha moments, coming into consciousness through uh, prayer or through, through spiritual means or through uh, consciousness, uh, a conscious development. And some of the bowls are made or have a different form, and they're used a little bit more. Um, they're really effective when there's a lot of physical healing. Uh, that is going on or that is needed. Um, We all learn differently, and some of us need, um, like I call it, the cosmic (laughs) two-by-four, which which is, you know, a car accident or we get a, a condition, uh, fibromyalgia or cancer, or, and, and with, with that condition, we are able to um, take care of ourselves in a way that we might not have had that situation not happened. So it's a wake-up call. There's a, it's, it's a, a blessing within the discomfort and the wound of the situation. And so there are bowls that address that. Um, there are in every bowl at least five different harmonics that a human being, a human ear can hear. Animals can hear a lot more. And, um, well, I could just go on and on. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a, a little bit of information about the different kinds of bowls. Um, and, and as a lot of people, a lot of people who are practitioners don't actually listen to the bowls, but that, you know, just play patterns. And playing patterns is useful, but really, uh, what's really information, what's really important is to listen to the different harmonics of each one of the bowls. Uh, individually and together, because it's those different harmonics that will give the trained practitioner the information that they need about the person. Right, as the harmonics change and morph. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the metals that the bowls are made from? Are they different metals or one kind of metal? Yeah, different metals, and the sound comes from the differences in sound come from uh, the different percentages of metals in each bowl, the thickness of the of the bowl, the sh- the, sh- the size of the bowl, and they include um, gold and silver, mercury, lead, copper, uh, tin, and iron. And the iron was considered the most blessed of all the different uh, metals because um, it, it came no longer, but it came from um, meteorite deposits wow. that were found. And so that's what the, that the, the Nepalese and the Tibetans really consider to be the most revered, even more so than the gold or the silver. That's and, of course, now the new bowls don't have meteorite deposits and they don't have gold or silver in them. Well, they might a little bit, but not certainly not, not a lot and not uh, certainly not the meteorite deposits. And if someone is wanting to purchase a bowl, for example, those seem to be very important 
things to look for as far yeah. as the quality. And how do they learn more about the bowls? Because I know that you've written a book about the whole system. And tell us a little bit about how the book relates to someone who's wanting to know more about the bowls and learn more about the bowls. Well, the book is written in five parts, and uh, one and from and it, it takes you, it takes uh, the person on a, on a journey because playing the bowl isn't just a matter of, of using techniques. There's a there's a consciousness uh, and an awareness and a body of knowledge that that is uh, part of what you bring as a healer to the modality. So the first part really talks about the nature of sound, gives a little bit of information about the culture and the philosophy, the Tibetan Buddhist philosophies that are important to understand and enrich the, uh, the experience that you're going to give to a, uh, a client when you're playing. And then the other and then the other chapters go more and more deeply into different, uh, there are lots of uh, graphics, into different um, patterns that you can play, different protocols that you can play for specific things. There's a, there's a, a general principle outlay uh, that is used uh, as the foundation of everything else that comes afterwards. But then the book goes into specific layouts, specific protocols for, say, anxiety or depression or uh, certain kinds of illness so that there are different chapters that address different, uh, very general different uh, situations that people come in with. And can people who have never done this do it for themselves as their own practice, for example? Well, well, you could do a certain amount, but but a healing session is you know when you're lying down, it's hard to be in in the position of completely receiving. Right. When you're actually doing, but I do have uh, there are some wonderful meditative practices that are available for people to do self healing, and that's probably um, and there are also some very simple things that people can do to work with their energy. And I, I, do, I do some classes. I've offered classes on a site called learnitlive.com. And on that site, there are like these little one-hour demos, um, and they're all based on um, do no harm because they are such powerful instruments, and it is easy to get carried away and um, not know what you're doing. But these are little, there are little classes. If you go to, to learnitlive.com and you click on my name, um, all my little classes will come up. And those things are, you know, a very new beginner. There's one that's called um, Tibetan Bowls, What You Need to Know. And when you register for that class, it's actually free. Uh, so it gives a lot of good uh, advice and information, and because it w- it's on that site, you also it's n- it's not only verbal. You see me talking, um, and you see the bowls that I'm talking about. So you have a visual uh, as well as uh, having the audio uh, lesson, and so that's you know that's a really nice way of really starting out. And then um, I give. 
I give workshops, so people who have never done anything before can start with the book and then um, just do the first part of the book. I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, suggest that anyone does any of the advanced sessions. The best thing to do is work with the book, and if you can come for a workshop, that's also a really powerful way to learn. Beautiful. Can people contact you if they were interested in learning more about how to pick a ball, that kind of thing, for their yeah, initial? Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of bowls here, and I and that I don't sell directly on the internet. I because I I like to have one on one conversation. Everybody needs something a little bit different, and um, um, and it's. I will get, by talking to someone, I'll get a sense of, you know, if they need grounding or if they need energizing and uh, be able to help them choose a bowl that will most suit their needs. And they can, they can email me at uh, soundenergyhealing at gmail.com or they can give me a call and, um, and I will be happy to, to work with them. Best thing to do is to email me first. And then, and then from there, we'll go on to the phone conversation. Beautiful. Is there any experiences that you would like to share with people, uh, perhaps that you've done, worked with someone, and something beautiful has happened, anything like that? Well, actually, something beautiful always happens. Yes. <laughs> um, funny, funny, last week, uh, a couple months ago, I, I gave a class on uh, space clearing. And in that class, there was a... And all the, all the same principles of, of working with a human being is, are the same principles I use when I do a space clearing in a, in a home because I believe that the home is just a larger manifestation of a person. And um, so this person was having a lot of trouble uh, at work with, uh, and especially there was her, her, co- her supervisor who she was having a lot of conflict with, and she went in and did a space clearing of uh, her place of business. And the next day, her supervisor quit. Wow. So she was just really blown away and very, very excited. And her whole, her whole life is really changing very quickly. But I think, you know, there's been, there have been many, many wonderful healing, uh, healings. But I think that personally, one of the most touching things has been working in the, in the jail system with, um, with people who just, you know, received me with folded arms and, you know, looking up and, and a lot of skepticism and um, learning, and, and yet the instruments touched them so deeply that they were able to make a huge difference in their lives. They were able, able to forgive themselves and to, to be able to touch that part of themselves that, has never changed the part that that they come in with as a, as a child that diamond self that exists in all of us and to see these guys you know uh, be able to reconnect with that part of themselves is just was really the most beautiful thing and in that jail the the percentage of um, inmates who were released and came back, um, I can never say this word, I think it's reseticism, um, 
greatly, greatly decreased after the um, exposure over several months to sound and meditation. And that, that for me, has been one of the most rewarding um, groups of people that, that I've ever worked with. I think also because they haven't been exposed perhaps or people that haven't been exposed when they are exposed to sound, it's so profound and has no limitations. The sound just goes wherever it needs to go and it's so perfect however it ends up. Um, Absolutely. Which is such a miracle in terms of given some of the resistance that may come up with these people. So oh, yeah, and there was plenty of resistance when I, when I first came in. You know, leaving and having these guys say, would you keep coming back? You know, wow. It was just really very touching. And of course. and there's so much more to life like there's so many modalities and wonderful healing aspects to this world that absolutely we've got to share this that's why i was excited to have you on because i'm sure there's people who are listening right now who have never had the experience or the opportunity of having a session or listening right. to Tibetan bowls, perhaps they've heard them, but they didn't know what they were. So right. this is kind of switching people on to another modality, and it's so forgiving and loving, in my opinion. It is, and that's why they're called instruments of compassion, because they are just that. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for all your work, too, and all of your classes and just everything that you're doing to share this work. You've really been able to succinctly put this body of work together for others to also learn and understand and have a greater appreciation for. So thank you so much. And thank you for helping to get the word out. (laughs) It is my (laughs) honour, totally. (laughs) If you could give your website and your contact details again, that would be fabulous because I know some people may have been driving or may have missed it. Okay. Well, I've got two websites, and one of them is soundenergyhealing.com. And then uh, my school website is uh, TibetanBowlSchool.com. Pretty easy to remember that one. Beautiful. Um, and my email address is soundenergyhealing at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I have one of your tracks that I'm going to play, actually. Oh, great. So that people can really go into this. And I picked a longer one. It's called Nectar of the Soul. Do you have anything you would like to add to this before I um, share this with the listeners? Well, I just hope that it, it, um, I think that's on Saraswati's Dream. Yes. And uh, that's actually of my CDs. That's my favorite CD. Awesome. So people can also look for your CD or your CDs and enjoy your work that way. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Many, many blessings. Much love. And we are going to enjoy this beautiful track called Nectar of the Soul. Peace and love, sweetheart. Many blessings. You too. You take care. Thank you. Bye.
You've been listening to Ultrasounds with DJ E-Love. Peace and love until next week.